Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Michael Salem from the law firm of Nelson, Thompson, Pegg, and Thornton APC in Los Angeles, California. Michael handles insurance coverage litigation matters for the firm in areas including intellectual property, professional liability, toxic torts, and construction defects. He is also a member of the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section of the American Bar Association. Today's topic is emerging issues in insurance for fracking and application of EPLE, or Energy Pollution Liability Extension Endorsement, and Brendan Noonan is going to lead off today with our first question. Uh, Michael, can you define fracking and what coverage attorneys need to know about it? Sure, Brendan. I just wanted to thank you for having me on today. Hydraulic fracturing, also known as hydrofracturing or simply fracking, is really just a fancy name for a technique of drilling for oil. Once a well has been drilled, a mix of water and chemicals called proponents or fracking fluid is injected under high pressure, fracturing the reservoir rock. What makes fracking different from traditional drilling is this high-pressure injection of the fracking fluid into the reservoir. When the fracking fluids are removed, the proponents keep the cracks open left by the fracturing, allowing oil and natural gas to flow back to the surface. Without these man-made fractures, the oil or gas cannot be recovered. Coverage attorneys need to understand that fracking can involve sometimes unsafe chemicals and understand that wells can extend thousands of feet horizontally, traveling under homes and even farms. Even though technology and safety has been greatly improved, some of the risks associated with fracking include pollution to groundwater, land, fire, and in California, some even argue earthquakes. If I could advise coverage attorneys to keep one thing in mind about fracking, it would be that you really need to understand the particular type of operation being performed before analyzing coverage. As with all coverage issues, the devil is in the details. Are there any major cases emerging that you can comment on? Brendan, there isn't a lot of case law out there directly dealing with insurance and fracking, but a case a lot of people are watching is Warren Drilling versus Ace Insurance Company. The case was filed in the Southern District of Ohio in about 2012. In 2008, a homeowner living close to drilling operations became aware that his water well had been contaminated by the hazardous fracking fluid. Warren settled with the homeowner and sued Ace for coverage. The coverage case involves an EPLE, or an Energy Pollution Liability Extension Endorment, issued to Warren Drilling. A lot of provisions in the endorsement are at issue. The court has plenty of decisions to make, and interpretation of the endorsement may set some precedent if the case doesn't settle. One of the major issues the court will have to decide is whether the incident was unexpected and unintended and commenced abruptly and instantaneously. Unlike other industrial practices that attempt to avoid spilling chemicals, fracking is unique because it intentionally discharges chemicals into the ground. So the court's language will be important for future cases. In the case of Warren Drilling's operation, the pertinent discharges, when they occurred, how often they occurred, may affect whether the discharges were intentional or unexpected and abrupt. The element that the court focuses on may set a precedent for other courts, and as with all litigation, the court will likely need to decide whether ACE or Warren Drilling has the burden on the issue. If ACE has the duty to prove the discharge was intended and was not abrupt, this could have a significant outcome on the impact of the case and whether ACE has a duty to defend. Because of all these potential issues, you can see that other insurers are really watching this case quite closely. Uh, Could an insured lose coverage for not reporting a fracking incident quickly enough? Brendan, the short answer is yes. Obviously, insureds should report a major incident as soon as possible. But the EPLE endorsement has specific requirements insureds must follow, which might give a different timetable. 
the major hurdle under the endorsement in many cases will be meeting these notice provisions, specifically dating the quote-unquote commencement of the discharge and when the insured must report such discharge. Depending on the facts, insureds might argue that commencement of the discharge refers not to the date of injection of the fracking fluid into the well, but the date the fracking fluid escaped the well and thus became a quote-unquote pollutant. Insureds might also argue that the intended to retrieve all fracking fluid immediately after and remediate minor contamination, and only when they discovered that they could not retrieve everything would they have anything to report. Further, insureds could argue that the accumulation of chemicals was unintended and that prior to discovering a high concentration of chemicals, there was nothing to report to the insurer. Insureds could also argue that reporting requirements are ambiguous. Unfortunately, since there really isn't a lot of case law out there and a lot of guidance for insureds, insureds reporting requirements may depend on jurisdiction and case law. So while the simple answer to your question is yes, insureds could lose coverage for failing to report quick enough, the more complicated answer is it depends. In states like California, where insurers are required to show prejudice by late notice, courts might be reluctant to deny coverage on the basis of late reporting. But in other states like Ohio, courts might strictly enforce notice provisions. Even if an insured thinks it misses the time to report, it should consult a coverage attorney. And I think we could definitely see more litigation on this notice issue. Michael, do pollution exclusions preclude coverage for fracking? John, I'm really glad you asked that, because most insurers and even coverage attorneys probably think they will never have to deal with a fracking claim under a typical CGL policy. But I'm not convinced that's the case. The EPLE endorsement comes into play if there needs to be an extension of coverage due to application of a pollution exclusion. So as a threshold matter, the first question to ask before analyzing an EPLE endorsement is whether fracking fluids constitute a pollutant and whether an incident involving such fluids fall within the typical pollution exclusion. In Warren Drilling's case, the parties jumped right into the EPLE endorsement, but with different facts, we could easily see a fracking incident falling under a CGL policy. The typical pollution exclusion precludes coverage for the discharge, dispersal, seepage, migration, release, or escape of quote-unquote pollutants. But insureds could certainly argue fracking fluid is safe and not harmful. In fact, many companies specifically market and promote their fracking fluid as a safe product. In one case, at a 2011 conference in Denver, a Halliburton executive actually drank the fracking fluid in front of a crowd of attendees. And in 2013, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper also drank fracking fluid in front of the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. So if fracking fluid is as safe to drink as a cold beer, there are certainly arguments to be made that the pollution exclusion doesn't apply. As its fracking practices expand, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few carriers covering claims they never dreamed of. Michael, do regulations vary significantly from state to state, and does this affect the risks insurers should be concerned about? Regulations do really vary greatly from state to state. Since there isn't a lot of regulation out there to deal with the booming growth of this practice, many states have been playing catch-up. Some states are more accommodating to oil companies, and other states just don't have the legislative ability to really pass meaningful guidelines. This means insurers have to consider how closely a fracking company is going to be monitored by state regulators and whether such regulations actually minimize risk. For instance, if a state closely monitors the types of fracking fluid allowed, this could certainly minimize the risk. And if the state has little or no regulation, this could arguably increase the risk. Another major issue is the type of well that's permitted. For instance, California generally only permits vertical or conventional fracking. These are wells which essentially go straight down into the ground. Other states, like Ohio, permit horizontal fracking. These are wells that can travel miles horizontally under homes and farms and this greatly increases the risk of contaminating groundwater. So insurers should keep an eye out for pending regulations in any state which they offer products. Uh, Governor Brown of California recently signed Senate Bill 4 into law. 
Can you briefly comment on SB4 and the impact it may have on carriers willing to enter the marketplace? Yes. Uh, SB4, if nothing else, is definitely just a first step. All of a sudden, companies attempting to frack in California will have numerous guidelines and restrictions and significant oversight. Whether the right risks are being monitored is another issue, but my personal feeling is where there is more regulation and oversight, there is more risk of litigation or enforcement action. So while there might be some risk mitigation, for instance, fracking companies might be forced to monitor RELs more closely, I think ultimately insurers may choose to sit back a little longer and see how the regulation impacts practices. If frackers are required to report problems and monitor wells really closely, this might ultimately encourage insurers to offer more products and coverage because they might believe regulations are working to reduce major losses. Michael, any final comments on the subject, and where do you see this heading in the future? I really think that we're going to be seeing explosive growth in oil production in the next few years in the U.S., due in a large part to fracking. And as the practice spreads across the U.S., I don't think it's impossible that we see legislation in some states requiring insurance. But in any case, I think the risks and exposure presented by fracking are going to become more concrete. And I think as they do, we can certainly expect more insurers to enter the marketplace. I certainly think that all insurers should be paying close attention to potential entry points into the fracking industry. And I think this is really an exciting time for insurers. Michael, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. That was attorney Michael Salem from the law firm of Nelson, Thompson, Pegg, and Thornton APC in Los Angeles, California. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed. Those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 